when we went to when we finally were able to leave the hospital, I went to go get my car and my car wouldn't fucking start. (laughs) (laughs) And I had to get picked up by my father in law to fucking take the kid home and Amanda. (laughs) Well we the nurse the nurse fucking the nurse wheels out Amanda and I'm like, Oh, I'll be right back. I'm gonna go get the car out of the garage in the hospital. Just a no go. (laughs) And we have to call our father in law. Hey, can you these two responsible kids just had a kid and <laughs> they need a, they need a ride home. Cause oh, oh, that was probably the most embarrassing thing about having a fucking kid. Just seeing this nurse, just look at us like mm, great. Two other idiots having a fucking baby. Yeah. That's what we need. More Mitch and Amanda DNA. Oh, great. These three will be underneath the bridge soon. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. This is Papa Don't Preach. I'm here with two of my best dudes. Mitch, how are you? I'm well, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm also here with the mysterious Zan as usual. Zan, how are you? I'm doing good. I love that all of our shirts are off right now. And we're (laughs) watching each other do this. (laughs) Solidarity in these hard times. Yeah. um, So for all of you out there who can't see us or know what we're doing right now, Mitchell Keith is a little hot, so we had him pop off his shirt. He felt a little uncomfortable, so I popped my shirt off. And so I didn't want Zan to feel left out, so I request that he pop his shirt off too. And I got and even though it's a podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, you're oh, naked sorry. now? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not what we were doing. <laughs> well, even though this is a podcast, I just want everybody to know that you're listening to two shirtless men, okay? Three? There's uh, three of us here. Oh, uh, well, I don't consider myself a man. I'm sorry. Uh, what do you identify uh, yourself as? Uh, wolf, I'm, non, I'm non-binary. Uh, okay. I've been to some college parties where... <laughs> moving on, moving on. Okay, moving on. Jesus Cristo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is weird. <laughs> so, uh, if you guys didn't catch our last episode, we talked about social media. We had a few angry rants. Um, you know, ever since last episode, I started tracking how much time I spend on my phone, and it actually is alarming how much time like mostly it's google maps and youtube but yeah it's about nine hours a day my phone is active it's pretty crazy it's a good chunk yeah it's kind of nuts i'm gonna try and actively start to bring that down but um i'm glad that we talked about that because i'm now i'm like conscious about it so that's where it's at Uh, you, you can set alerts for it I, I did that one time I did, but like I ran out of hours by 11. <laughs> it was by, <laughs> 11, by 11 hours. You were 11 yeah. hours over. No, I just by 11 o'clock in the morning, I was over my screen time limit. Oh, and you woke up at 1030. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so guys, before, um, uh, before we get into it, I want to find out what you guys have been up to. How was your weekend? Everything ever since we last met, how was everything going? Good. I mean, it's, been a, it's been a heat wave, man. So we have been laying low, keeping the blinds closed to uh, keep all the heat out. Isabella is still potty training and going strong. 
no poops yet, but she's almost mastered just peeing when she needs to go and letting us know. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, she's now come no poops. I don't know, man. I, so I heard just the fear. I, I guess so. But so I heard something from Tanya that, that she's read that kids sometimes like the pooping part is the hardest because they feel like they're losing. Like it's a part of them that they're losing. Like when it comes what? out, it's weird. I, I, I it, it's weird to me also, but I want to read that book. Yeah. Really, yes, Google it. Yeah, just put in Google. Um, which doesn't make sense because in the diaper, it just, I don't know, but we're working on it. She like now just waits to uh, take a shit in the diaper, but she's doing great. Okay, great. Um, I honestly, <laughs> honestly, uh, I get videos sent to me and uh, now Ozo there. Uh, he takes the poops. If he, if it gets in, if he doesn't go to the potty and it gets in his diaper, Liz throws it in the toilet and oh. he gets to flush it, but oh. he always he always waves bye to it. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's like bye. Um, but I'll miss yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> but Mitchell, how about you? How was your weekend? Uh, my poops were good. Uh, they just went down the toilet. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, wife and kid, they were out of town with our puppy. So I had our older dog and our cat. Um. Our older dog got a little sick, and yeah, she uh, due for not, <laughs> funny that we're talking about poops because that thing went diarrhea everywhere. Uh, so I threw up like twelve times cleaning it. So yeah, that's that was my weekend. My weekend was filled with diarrhea and my own vomit because I cannot handle it. How did your dog end up diarrheaing everywhere without you like at least trying to walk her out the house? Yeah, or- what did you give your dog? Not, literally nothing. Did not give the dog anything. Uh, unfortunately, I fell asleep around 6.37 p.m. And yeah, I, uh, I, I woke up to our neighbor coming up to our place, just wa- walking through the door because uh, it was open. I had left the front door open. Um <laughs> Just yelling my name, and uh, yeah, my wife was like, I'm really worried. Uh, I have not been able to get in touch with them, and yeah, I just passed out, and I woke up to just puddles of poo-poo everywhere. What, what, ti- what time did you pass out? Uh, like 6.37 p.m. So let me get this straight. You passed out between 6.30 and 7 o'clock. Yeah. Your dog shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Your wife was trying to call you, but your phone died. Yeah. And your neighbor woke you up because your front door was open. Because my wife called our neighbor. And okay. Wife and called the neighbor because she was like, okay, this is really super weird. Like he never, like I always have a, if when they're in Cambria, like I always have a, a good night conversation with sailor and the wife. And uh, yeah, that didn't happen. Cause I had fallen asleep watching umbrella Academy uh, season two. <laughs> and uh <laughs> yeah so that that was like at like 2 a.m and when i first went like i woke up i was you know i had no idea what the hell was going on and (laughs) like just trying to literally figure out like what what the fuck why someone's screaming my name and i just see him like disappear out our balcony i'm like (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) like the shit just and i'm the like and then I had a conversation with the wife and I'm still just 
coming, waking up and she's, you know, upset with me for falling asleep. And, and I'm like, lady, I just woke up. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. All right. Thanks, Mitch. All right, later. I hope you cleaned up all the diarrhea. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I did. But I also threw up everywhere multiple times. Brand new. Tra- oh we had a, we got a brand new like little trash can that I vomited in so many times. And I'm like, I just threw it away, and uh, yeah, I probably used yeah, like 80, 80 rags, eighty towels, all thrown away. I'm like, hey, we're buying new ones. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> Where'd you buy the towels from? <laughs> Keep them going, Zan. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't buy them, but I made sure like not to use like the good, good ones. <laughs> but so many towels I threw away. Okay, so it was, it was bad. It was real bad. All right. All right. Well, thanks, Mitch. Thank you. <laughs> it, was a, it was a real, it was a real shitty weekend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dad joke in the jar. Thank you very much. In the, the curse jar. Yeah, oh. it's gonna be in the curse jar. Well, zombie. <laughs> well, I had a great weekend, man. I was, uh, I went up to Portland, Oregon, and you know. Well, it was great to see the little militarized zone because it's like a tourist attraction. Um, I just Google imaged it. I didn't go down there or anything. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so you went to Portland, Oregon via Google Earth? No, I went, to, I went to Portland. I hung out with some friends. I rented a big body bike, 1600 Street Glide Harley. It was dope. Put 200 miles on that thing. Rode up the canyons through the forest. It was pretty sick. Uh, ate some good food. Portland is weird, man. It is weird. That's why they're. That's why they're. What's thing the weirdest thing that weird. stood out to you? The weirdest thing about Portland is that there are no black people, but a lot of dreadlocks. <laughs> yes, Dude. that is the weirdest thing about Portland. E- <sighs> were they very? Friendly? Were they very friendly e- to you? <laughs> I would. I, it's funny. Like, hey, my place. people. <laughs> It's that's a hundred percent true. It's very weird going to a place full of white people and getting like the black dude nod. That's because they got dreadlocks. You'll just look at him, you'll be like, Yo, what up? I'm like, what the fuck did you just say to me? <laughs> Can I tell you the funniest okay, so a man and I like we lived in Portland. There used to be a billboard, and I shit you not, that it was of a black dude, and the slogan next to it was like, Hey, we live here too. But they had him looking just stoned out of his goddamn mind. Like, he's legit. I mean, you guys can see me. No one else can. But he's like this in the billboard. Eyes barely open. Which has his eyes barely open, and he has, like, this squiggle face. It looks like his heart. Uh, like, we live here, too. <laughs> it was like, what the fuck kind of sign is that to begin with? But... <laughs> That's why they keep it weird. They keep it weird there. That's their slogan. I'm going to keep this part in because this is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going to keep it in. <laughs> so done. All right. Well, um, so today, uh, you guys, I wanted to kind of talk to you about day one, or I guess negative day one, because a lot of things that there's a lot of things that happen right before you're going to have a kid. And I kind of want to talk to you guys about how you felt when you first found out you're going to be a dad what it was like leading up to the pregnancy. Like what was day one, once you got your kids home, like what were your biggest fears? But uh, before we get into that, I want to take a quick break 
before we get into our main topic and we'll be right back this is Papa Don't Preach Okay, welcome back. All right, guys. So I really want to dive into your experience leading up to becoming a father. If you guys sought advice, where you got your advice from, because, you know, I look on lot when I when I started this idea that we should all get together and kind of talk about being dads and what we're dealing with now, how we've changed. One thing I realized by going online is that there's not a lot of information to help fathers deal with the shock of becoming a dad because society tells us that dads from the beginning are shitty. So in your head, you want to be a good father, but there are really no tools. They're like, Oh, you know what to do to be a good dad. You just got to show up. Show, yeah. I hate that. Yeah. It's the most bullshit thing I've ever heard. You know, <laughs> like we've all had different experiences with our fathers and I know all of us want to be better. Like whatever we had perfect dads, you all just, we want to do better. We all have that mentality. But I'm going to start off with you, Zanimal. Um, you know, when you found, like, what was your initial reaction when you found out your wife was pregnant? Um, I was I was shocked at how fast it happened. We, we, it was planned. She was, she was planned. Um, okay. And we, we didn't anticipate um, her getting pregnant so quickly. We actually were we had planned a trip to Portugal for our, for our last hurrah. We were going to go get shit faced and just have a blast in Portugal. And then we found that she was pregnant before we were leaving. So I got shit faced, but we still had a blast in Portugal. Um, but, uh, I don't, I, I remember I came home from, I don't know if it was like a guy's night playing uh, with some friends or if I was at a show at a friend's theater. I, I don't remember that part. I only remember coming home, going to the bathroom, take a piss, and then seeing the the test on top of the toilet, and I was like, "Wait, what? Like already? Like this?" <laughs> I have great swimmers, um, but yeah, oh, you gonna, gonna flex your sperm on us? <laughs> <laughs> the squiggles are uh, are strong, um, but uh, yeah, I kind of came back. Like I walked down. I'm like, really? Like already? Like and. Um, I think it was, I mean, I was still in shock. I was in shock a little bit, um, but I mean, ready to go. I mean, we were luckily, you know, we were planning to have a baby and we, uh, it, it, I guess it wasn't that crazy to me. I had a quick second when, when we found out uh, we were having a girl, there was a quick moment of like, of fear on my end because like, I know, you know, having a kid, no matter what the sex is, it's a huge responsibility. And I thought just like with how the world is and just how it's been that there's even more responsibility with making sure a daughter is raised properly and is able to, you know, you know, uh, just take care of herself. And I had a, I had a quick moment of like, Oh man, like, what, like what am I, what am I supposed to do? But then I actually, then it just went away really quickly also as quickly as it came. Um, and I mean, you know, almost two years in, it's just amazing. She's the best. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I mean, I don't have a daughter. I, all I know is that you're supposed to wipe 
from back to front. That's the only difference. No, bro, it's front to back. It's front to <laughs> front. Oh to yes, back. front to back. Yeah, you don't want to get the poop. You don't want poop. No way. None of that. Gotcha. Gotcha. With sailor, where you don't want to get sailor will either call it the the woohoo or <laughs> in your vulva. <laughs> Dude, hearing little kids use the 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 scientific terms or the uh, terms is not right. Penis. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, Mitch, when she like, when she says vulva, I almost die of laughter. <laughs> well, Mitch, were you scared when you found out you're going to be a dad? No, uh, I was not. Um, we we were trying. We decided to hey, let's let's do this. Uh, but very similar to Zan, um, it, it, it took us, Hey, let's, let's do this. And, uh, that time, uh, we got it. And (laughs) 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 Uh, it it literally took, I don't know that it it took one time for not, no longer being (laughs) seconds, seconds. Uh, it, it took just a little bit uh, for being off of uh, birth control. And, you know, I, I do remember where I was at. Um, and it's, I was actually playing, it was the last time I played golf with my uh, grandfather to where Amanda had reached out to me to let me know. And I was with him on the ninth hole at Sterling Hills uh, Country Club. And yeah, that's, I mean, I'll, it was, it's something I'll never forget because it was the last time I was able to play golf with my grandfather before, you know, he started getting a little on the sicker side and, you know, it, he was the first person, you know, that I, that I was able to tell. I, I had obviously being with him, it was just him and I, but, you know, telling him first, like, Hey, like, this is why Amanda just called me. And I think Amanda took like, I don't know, my wife's so crazy. Uh, like thirty pregnancy tests, <laughs> so they're all positive. So it's like, yeah, there, there, there they are. But uh, yeah, no, it was it was a pretty remarkable thing, and you know, it's something I always hold hold dear in my heart, especially with it. You know, being able to share with my grandfather the last time. You know, always playing golf with him younger, and then you know that last final time. So it was, it was, it was a beautiful thing. So it all worked out. That's you know, great. Rather, rather, rather magical. Yeah. Awesome. Say. I, I mean, I'm a little upset that it's such a touching moment because I wanted to kind of roast you a little bit, but okay. I'm going to leave it alone. No, go ahead. Uh, Feel free. No, no, no. no. Just like an I, want, asshole. I want people to think I'm a nice guy, but uh, uh, well then, uh, Hey that, folks, yeah. guess what? <laughs> no, he's not. Segway. <laughs> when I found out I was going to be a dad, I was, I was like half stoked and then half angry because, you know, I, I was in classic situation, you know, broke up with my girlfriend, uh, decided I was going to change my life, move some things forward. And then, you know, two months went by and I got a call like, Hey, and I was like, Oh, damn it. (laughs) You know, I, I knew she was going to keep it. I, you know, it's, she never listened to me anyway, no matter what, any, any opinion I had, she never listened to me. And I'm actually glad she, this time she didn't listen to me. Cause I was like, this isn't going to work. Like we don't like each other. <laughs> this is not going to work. But you know, one of those things, like I, I, you hear people say like, Oh, once, once you see this kid, you know, it's a part of you. And I, like, I was so worried. Like 
that something bad could happen. You know, that's the entire time. It was just anxiety, the entire mm-hmm. pregnancy. You know, it wasn't like I was in like this team mentality of like, oh, hey, we're going to raise this kid together and have this happy family. It was just she was pregnant and I was freaking out over there. And, you know, there was it was a rough, rough birth. Uh, she did great. Uh one thing that they didn't warn me about is, you know, I was sitting right next to her. I was holding her hand. I'm like, you're doing great. And she was, you know, she, she got the epidural, uh, the, she got the, the shot and I'm like, you're doing great. Everything's going to be fine. You know, I get nervous. I start cracking jokes and I'm like, Oh, let's let some air in here. Ugh. And, you know, she looks up at me and we both hear the baby start to cry immediately. They got the blanket up. She had to get a C-section and, we hear the baby crying. I'm like, oh shit, it's real. He's here. He's here. Oh damn. And I go over to cut the umbilical cord and the doctor should have warned me because I walked on the other oh side of the God. blanket to go cut the cord. And I look to my right and her insides are just on a table wow. next to her. And I like, I just had this flash. Like I can't pass out. I can't be the guy who passes out right now. I was just like so shocked, so shocked. And like my world, my whole head started spinning around. And then I, you know, I looked over and there's this like tiny little red baby. You know, I was, I had my Sharpie to mark the kid to make sure they don't mix him up, obviously. Yeah, on the and left foot, right? Bottom On the left foot. foot. Put my signature right on him. Yeah. yeah. Apparently that's super toxic for babies with new skin, but yeah, science. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fuck that shit. But, but yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely like so life changing. And I mean, I'm sure you guys can agree. They, they really don't prepare us as people for kids. Like it's something that we all do. We're all going to procreate. Yeah. At least a huge number of us will procreate. But like we went through how many years of schooling? Like they used to have home ec classes about that. They don't tell us anything no, about home that. Home ec now. wasn't home ec just for like baking. Home ec, I learned how, ec yeah, learn how to, learn how to cook and sew. I mean, well, I remember I had the I, at my I went to old French school and there was like this home economics course that just taught about cooking and babysitting, walking the dog, how to tie your. It was about like life stuff, you know, like <laughs> walking but, the dog. Yeah, it was a stupid class. They're French. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, bro! <laughs> is oh. that racist? No, French is not a race. Who cares about the French? Did um, you guys do a birthing class at all, like separately or together? I did a we did a birthing class. It was actually pretty cool. Um, we had like this really progressive woman that was kind of talking about how they've had pregnancies wrong for such a long time on how they do it, how they deliver kids, how they take care of the mothers, and like kind of walked us through these a few different things to kind of be aware of, you know. Um, but there's a lot of stuff she left out. Like the first night in the hospital, I was walking, I, I was walking with the baby and I'm they're like, Oh, you got to do the skin, the skin thing. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is crazy. And I was like, so like, uh, do I give him water right now? She's like, no, do not give your water, baby water. It'll kill him. And I was like, what, what, what? why am I hearing that for the first time? I was like, what the hell? I, I did not know that. You cannot give a newborn baby no. water. Why? Yeah. <laughs> um, I did oh, the birthing that, class that. also, and I I loved it. I, it was so empowering. Um, we our route that we intended to go and, and were able, we were able to do was to have a home birth, and like 
When we you, were... you, you never surprised me. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Vegetable garden. Are there tomato, was there tomato plants right around you guys growing? <laughs> they put crystals all around Tanya's head. <laughs> no, but, but, I, but I squeezed my own almond oil, though. I processed my own almond oil for it. Uh, so uh, you're going to be eating the placenta on the second. Take the words out of my mouth, Obi. Yeah. <laughs> we had the smoothies. Um, <laughs> um, but the, it, it was super empowering because like you said, we're growing up, we aren't really taught this stuff. And it's, um, I think whether you're having a kid or not having like, being part of some class like that is, is, is worthwhile for any individual. Um, oh, yeah. just, just for an understanding of, uh, uh, an understanding of it. Um, it was really cool. Yeah. That, that yeah I remember Amanda's birth. Like I, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but I felt like we left really, really early in the morning, like around 1am. I think she gave birth to sailor like around Close to like 4 p.m. The, or that same day, technically. But I remember going to the hospital. So Amanda literally hates all Arnold Schwarzenegger movies because I brought my computer with us to the, uh, Wait, to what? the hospital. So <laughs> the whole time while she's, you know, once she was however many centimeters dilated, we were watching Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Like, I think we watched like four or five and now she just literally despises Arnold Schwarzenegger because <laughs> it just makes her think of birth. <laughs> but, but we literally watched all the best ones. So I don't understand. Like, no, Which one are the best ones? I really want to know. What- Come on. Uh, uh, true. Li- oh, true lies. Fantastic. True lies. Fantastic movie. Um, kindergarten cop twins, uh, twins, Yes. Uh, first Predator. Oh yeah. Uh, quite a few Terminator. I think we hit like Terminators one and two. Commando. As well. <laughs> no, no, we didn't oh. get into no. Uh, she was pregnant, and you didn't watch Junior. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> like what? A, du- a, du- a dude giving birth. Yeah, making it seem easy. That's a good way to rile up the wife. <laughs> <laughs> no, one thing that I one thing that I did that I. I I still to this day thought it was a really good idea because you know she Liz was ter- like pretty scared mo- coming up to that you know she wanted a natural birth and Ozo was supposed to be ten pounds they were like we anticipate this baby being ten pounds like he had really broad shoulders and our doctor when Liz said she wants a natural birth she was like okay we'll see and the doctor literally was like no I had a baby die when we had to crack its collarbone. And it's not going to happen. So find another doctor. Sure. I was like, Jesus. like I, I was like, okay, real subtle, real nice. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to freak out at all. Uh, hey, hey, man, Good Samaritan Hospital downtown LA, some of the finest. <laughs> Those nurses don't mess around, man. Um, but one of the best, like one of the best advices I got, and I, I always tell this to all new dads, all new parents. One of the best advice I got was uh, while we were in the hospital, I brought my little Bluetooth speaker. And she's like, you can turn on the TV if you have a speaker, play some music. You want to train your baby to be able to sleep through anything. And I was like, uh, what? She's like, trust me. It's like this little Filipino lady. She's like, trust me. And I was you know, pretty terrified of all the nurses there. So I just listened to her. And, you know, the first couple hours he was crying and then he passed out. You know, we were just listening to music, watching The Office, things that, you know, just stuff her the background so Liz could just chill. And she 
passed out right after but it worked man like ozo would be able to sleep through anything like <laughs> i get to he'll fall asleep when i'm when i'm sitting there i was watching football one time and he was on my shoulder and he i was just like yeah! oh, 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 oh. okay he's asleep he's asleep it was great i got one little piece of advice to just to, to all fa- all fathers that will you know that are may that listen to this that may you know your wife's pregnant, your lady's pregnant, whatever. Wear comfortable shoes um, to the hospital because if anyone else hears you say, my feet hurt while your wife is pushing a baby out of her vagina, you will hear it for the rest oh, of your life. <laughs> I make one comment. I'm like, fuck, my feet hurt. And Did apparently, you hear apparently that? yes, oh. this is why I'm giving this advice. And I still hear it to this day. I wear like Converse and I'm just like, I had complained about my feet, everyone outside of the room, but the door was still open a little bit. They go, Did you just hear Mitch complain about his feet hurting? <laughs> <laughs> well, a man is like, oh! <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> so wear those comfortable shoes. Bring the bring those <laughs> bring those oh. cross trainers, whatever you got. <laughs> I, I have a que- I have a question for both of you. Zan, I'll start with you. Did Tanya go through any type of uh PPD postpartum at all? Um not initially. I mean she was feeling some of it almost uh close to a year after. Um uh, it doesn't always hit right away. Um and that shit sucks, dude. It's uh, it's definitely also something that I think is glossed over, um, just in society. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, not right away. And that, that that's what's also crazy is like you can have this intense experience, and the birth went really smoothly. We were at a party before the night before, and she's like, I got cramps, and then it ended up being contractions. Um, and our midwives came and like, okay, you're having the baby this morning, um, but. Yeah, so it came. We came a little after. Um, she's doing. She's doing much better now. I mean, um, maybe like here and there. Sometimes or she'll feel it. Um, but I think also just. I'm trying to remember. Uh, damn it! I'm trying to remember the name of the woman that we uh, went to for our birthing class. Um, she not important. Super important. What are you talking about? Not important. Her name is Miss Janet. Move on. No, Kathy. Kathy Killebrew. Kathy Killebrew. Uh, I think so. Uh, she had a shout out to Kathy. She was, she was amazing. She she touched on that a lot, also. Um, and yeah, it's a uh, yeah. What about you, Mitch? I uh, well, you know, Amanda. She already. I love you, baby. Uh, she already suffers from uh, depression already um, and anxiety. I actually feel like once we had Sailor, um, she got a little bit better, to be honest. Um, I feel like she didn't suffer as much, um, but already having depression, I, I feel like uh, there were times to where she you know, she would just, it, it hit pretty hard at certain points. Um, but I honestly think 100% sailor took a lot of, uh, her depression away. Um, I think, yeah, I honestly think great. it helped her, helped her out, uh, with already suffering from it. Um, she had her tough points, but like I said, yeah, I think she, she got better from it to be honest. Um, yeah. So that's, 
it was uh, it was different. But you know, I don't suffer from depression. It's it's not something I've I don't understand. I, I I've read plenty of books, but it, I can read all I want, but I don't go through it. So I I'll never actually fully get it. So yeah. I don't know. Sometimes she just has said a thing to try to deflect a situation or anything like that. But yeah, it's, I think she, she did really well with it. I don't think she suffered from any postpartum. Um, yeah, I think she, Sailor was a, one of the greatest things that happened to us in our relationship anyway, when we already had a good one. So. Amazing. What about Liz? Um, I think she did. I think same thing with, uh, that Mitch brought up with Amanda and, uh, you know, I think Liz had some depression issues going into it, you know, especially, you know, going through a breakup, trying to move on, then finding out you're pregnant. You're right. You know, you never really get out of the situation that was toxic. Now we were both kind of stuck with each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously, Captain Hindsight, now looking back, I think I would have handled the situation way, way differently. But yeah, I think we go through things for a reason that, so we can learn. Uh, I think that one thing I did notice is the same thing, Mitch, the same thing happened. Like, I think that Liz did go through a little bit, a little patch of postpartum, but you know, she, I feel like she was able to pull herself out of it almost by just being with Ozo Mm -hmm. and being able to interact with him and do these things. And, uh, at one point I was so worried about it that I started kind of talking to therapists about it and like what I should be doing. And I honestly should have, like, this is going to sound sexist as hell. It's like, I don't think I should have talked to a woman about it. I think I should have talked to a man about it because it wasn't really about what would happen to me or what I was going through. It was like how I can support what she's going to go through. And so I'd be looking for these little clues to know how to handle it. And, you know, if I were to grade myself, I think I got a C plus and I only give myself a plus is because I knew, I knew Liz for so long that I know that, the best thing I could do was just make her some good food. You know, like mm-hmm. that's like when I got there, I was just like, all right, looks like we're having skirt steaks, blue cheese crust, um, French fries and goat cheese salad. Bada bam. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But you know, but you know, you like I, I, literally at the end of the day, you don't, and you, do, people don't have to be together to be good parents. Yeah, that's, sure. that's true. So that's you, true. You, you can be a fantastic mother or father, just because you guys don't work out doesn't mean that your child's not going to have a great dad and he's not going to have a great mom. And P- I think people really forget that. And they take the relationship part. Um, they kind of put it. They, on they, 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 well, they put it. Well, one, they put it on the kid or they use the kid as uh, as a tool That's to cool. make someone else feel shitty. And, you know, it doesn't matter. You, you, everyone like as adult, because we're all adults. When you have a child, you know, you have to, whether you're not, if you're not an adult, you have to turn into an adult and set everything aside. You got, anyone can be a great parent. And that's the most important thing is taking care of that child and looking out for that kid. And, you know, that bottom line. And as long as you and Liz, regardless, are good parents, even though you don't have to be together to be that great combination for Ozo. So, that's my two cents on that. And I wanted to get that out because I see too too many times that like that shit is, it, it drives me fucking nuts. Oh, language. 
Fuck, that's another oh. Jesus. Is <laughs> uh, Jesus <laughs> Depend Depends. Depends. You Muslim or what? Okay, thank you. No, yeah, you're um, <laughs> I already got, got three dollars in this bit. Hey, you're Damn. still you're still in you're still in Jewish probation. All right, we're so, you're still still got your ninety days. All right. Uh, well, you know one of the one of the biggest things that I just noticed is that you know there just needs to be something readily available for both parents because whether you're together or not together, one thing that I do see a lot, especially with a lot of my new parents is that women automatically take on so much because I, you know, they have this actual connection with the, the baby. And as a man, you don't want to say anything out of line. Sometimes you'll step back and it might even come off as you not helping or doing the wrong thing. And just like any lesson in life, you know, communication is number one. It's so easy to preach, but so hard to practice. Mm. And, I just want to make sure for anybody out there, anybody who's going to be a dad or anybody who knows somebody is going to be a dad. One thing that you have to do is take care of yourself mentally, because I don't think that I actually grasp the mental toll this would take on me years later. Like looking back right now, like the stress that I have, like even at my job, they're just like, oh, you just seem different. And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. I'm just tired. And I never looked I never like took a time to just meditate, sit down and find out like what was bothering me, what was going through my head. And I guess that's like the one piece of advice I would pass on. Like, obviously the first kid is always, you know, a trial. And then the second one, hopefully we figure it out, but yeah, it's rough. It's definitely rough out there. Well, do you have that anytime, Zan, you too, like uh, any time of your day, it's like where you need that like silence. Silent. I mean, because, I, because I, I, every single day, like Amanda knows, um, every day I need like 30 minutes to an hour, like 100% to myself. And I encourage her to do the same. Whether or not she gets it or wants it is a whole other different story. But like, that's like one thing. Yeah. Like, I just definitely need it. I, I need to clear my head. I, that that and maybe this is me, but I think I give myself the best conversations because I am the hardest <laughs> on myself. Well, I, I'm I rip myself apart on a daily basis trying to be a better person, and no one's ever going to be as hard on me than you. I can have someone yell at me all they want, but I'm gonna I've already been ten times harder on myself. So I just always need that like thirty minutes to forty five minutes to collect myself after a day of work, understanding with like COVID how you know things are different, but. I mean, do you, do you, you guys go through that? Like as a, as a parent, because for me to be the best parent, like I need to get rid of the stuff that wasn't, you know, like from work that needs to disappear for me to come home to be the best father I can be. I can't come home with that on my, on my mind. And if I'm angry about that stuff and I haven't cleared it out, that will reflect on me being, uh, the way I'm a husband that night and as well as me being a father that night. Do you guys yeah, do anything? Good. Do you guys do anything? That's advice for daily life. Yeah. Zan, do you do that? Um, not as much. I mean, we definitely make sure that we are communicating with each other to, you know, make sure we are getting out and having time for ourselves. It's not happening as often as we like. Um, I don't think I need it personally every day. Um, cause you know, she has, she's still taking a, a nap and she's down at like seven thirty, and that's when we will <clears> use that time for oh, ourselves to try that. to get work done. 
um, and also just, you know, decompress. Um, but yeah, it's like, uh, Tanya went to the desert this weekend with some friends and I'm always like, I'm telling her like, yo, go do what you need to do. Go do what you want, like get out and all. Um, and she's the same way for me. It's just also a little hard. I mean, it's obviously harder right now with everything going on, but, um, I don't know. It's just also just really fun being here with the baby, but, um, does she, does she have a hard time let leaving? No, no, no. Okay. No. Um, I, I have a hard time. I mean, yeah, she's always like thinking about us and Isabella and, you know, misses her obviously, but, um, we both, we both know what's good for us to get out and, and, you know, have time for ourselves. And it's important. I mean, you know, one thing that we want to make sure that Isabella sees is that the relationship between she and I is, is strong. And like, we, you know, are still there supporting each other because, you know, at some point she's going to go off and live her own life and it's still going to be us to, you know, hopefully, you know, like that's what the plan is. And so we still need to make sure that we have time for ourselves independently and together. And, you know, we're still getting into trouble. So that's a, that's <laughs> making sure we do that. That, so, so that you're saying, trouble. That that trouble. trouble. <laughs> so you're telling me I shouldn't be like Drago when Amanda calls me to see if Sailor's okay, and I just go, if she, if she dies, she dies. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I couldn't even joke about that. I just would feel so bad. I like I've been wanting to go camping like on a solo night just for myself, just so. But I, I'm I'm uncomfortable not being in like phone range in case they need me for anything. So I haven't done that. And I don't want to spend like $500 on a satellite walkie talkie or satellite, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm getting close to like trying to figure just out like the CIA it. walkie talkie <laughs> text message thing. So it can just, yeah, it's, uh, I'm getting better at it, at it though. Yeah. I was the same way. You know, I was the same way every, because I worked, uh, so far, you know, I worked in the Bay, uh, Liz and the baby were in LA. So like, you know, Monday through Thursday for like a good chunk, like the first, like, 10 months of Ozo being a before I started doing like the whole week, it was Monday through Thursday. And every time I got home, you know, I'd be like, all right, go to happy hour, enjoy your friends. I would just like encourage her to try and find herself again, because one thing that happened that I noticed really quickly is she was willing to give up everything. She's just like, I'm a mom now. And I was like, you can't do that. <laughs> like, You can't do that. You need to have a personal life. You need to get away from this. And even like her first night out, you know, like I, I was just like so into the baby that I, you know, I left my phone in the kitchen at one point and uh, I left my, my Apple watch died. So I couldn't find my phone, but I was like, not worried about it. And Liz was trying to reach me and she's like, I didn't know what happened. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, he crawled into the oven and now we have a big baby. It's all fine. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. But yeah, that was just one thing that I tried to encourage is go, enjoy yourself like you need that time and at the same time what i said before is i wasn't doing that i was encouraging her to do that but i would go to work and then i would come back on the weekend and i'd just be on dad duty and it wasn't till like you know maybe like once a month i would go out with my friends but still like i couldn't really enjoy myself because i'd be checking my phone all the time making sure what happened like oh do i have to go home do i have to drive him to the hospital is he sick you know, all that stuff is very, very rough. And it's really refreshing to kind of talk to you guys about this and 
uh, see what you guys went through and what your experience was like, because it's a lot of stuff that was scary. I mean, so, all right. So before we, before we move on, uh, we're running out of time, but before we move on, I'm going to ask you both and I want to get your answers. Like what, what was like the biggest, biggest fear you had during like the first six weeks of having that baby at your house? <laughs> the biggest fear. The baby death. Well, like there's a lot of things that roll through you because they don't really tell you how babies act. I remember one time I was holding Ozo and I just see his eyes separate in different directions and one rolls in the back of his head. And I, I, I nearly had a heart attack. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I, I I called the doctor. I'm like, all right, my baby's blind. Um, I think I, I think his brain just detached from his spine. Somebody please tell me what's happening. She's like, oh, that's common. They don't use their eyes for like the next that's 12 weeks. The weirdest, <laughs> the weirdest thing was that watching Isabella sleep and she did like have these weird smiles that she would do and her eyeballs would just move around in her head. It like, <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. But going, like answering your question, uh, the first night, so she, uh, she was born like at 328 in the afternoon. And around 11 o'clock at night, um, we're burping her. She's sitting up. All of a sudden, she starts, like, coughing up blood. And I'm like, what oh, the fuck? What did take my smile away? Right? Fleming blood. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this? And, you know, we're freaking out. And we, we call her midwife. And she was like, oh, yeah, she's fine. You know, babies do that because it's like the amniotic fluid that's still inside of their ch- lungs. And I'm like, no one told us that. I thought <laughs> top on fucking organs. Um, and yeah, that was terrifying. <laughs> it's a little alien uh, that we're holding and just starts doing this. Um, next time, call a doctor. This woman was, was great. What do I know? I'm just a doctor. <laughs> this is the house of learning doctors. <laughs> Uh, well, Mitch, did you uh, anything scary happen to you before we move on? Uh, no, nothing, nothing too terrifying to that oh, ever had a super worry. Nope, he's nope. Uh, no, I had my daughter. Um, I was holding her up above my head, and one time she threw up into my mouth. So there, there, that was. So. <laughs> that last week. Oh, just full on, and I started vomiting immediately. <laughs> so my wife was cleaning up. Two people throwing up. Oh my god! She's got two babies. To take but, yeah, but yeah, oh yeah. When it comes to vomit or diarrhea, oh, you guarantee that I throw up. <laughs> but yeah, no, nothing scary. Um, I think it was just more of like a mental, uh, mental scares of. Did you, know, you you hear about like them turning over and then them you know they're not strong enough to move their head over to the side, so you're worried about that suffocation and stuff like that. Um, those were our big scares. Um. But no, we were we we were super lucky, uh, to be honest. I, I really have to admit it. Like, it just a lot of luck. So I'm I'm terrified for our next kid because I feel like he he or she may be the devil. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just one hundred one hundred percent. That's the way it works. I, I have a quick question uh, before we go on. I know we're running long, but when when the babies were born, did you guys feel like an instant like? connection to the baby or was it like an obligation? Oh, I immediately cried. Like, I mean, I immediately I'm saying, cried. yeah, I get, yeah, I cried also, but I felt for me personally, it took a, like about a week for me to like feel the connection outside of like a primal fee. I had this primal feeling of like, you are my baby. I must protect you. Like my child, <laughs> my seed, you know, so you then, you know, like that. But then like a, a week into it is when 
you know, I started having to, to love her. Yeah. Kidding, no, 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 but like, you, you know what I'm trying to say, which where, yeah. where it's like, it was not just like this obligatory, like love of, you know, like of a animalistic way. It was like, you know, my, my, my little, my little baby, you know, and, and that just continued to grow more and more as interactions, uh, you know, continued. And I know it was, obviously it's different from Tanya because she was carrying her for all that time. And um, I'm just curious if you guys had that same situation at all. Nope. Nope. No. Not an instant connection. Not an instant connection. Oh, I did. Yeah. You had an instant. Uh, mid- yeah. Now nah, they handed me ozone. I, I was looking at this wrinkly thing. They didn't tell me. I was like, I was just like, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like, why does this baby smell like vomit? Like, ugh. Like, this is disgusting. Is it, uh, like? Yeah, I was just like, this is. I was like, all right. I'm like, uh, I'm like, Betty, nurse, come get this thing away. <laughs> ugh. Hey, Betty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, honestly, I actually I remember the moment it happened. It was like six days later. Um, Ozo was in the bassinet, and uh, you know he started crying, and you know I like woke up, picked him up, and I was like holding him, and I kind of like like was just pushing Liz. I'm like, oh, baby's got to eat, and she ended up feeding him. And right when I put him back, he started crying again. So I held him, and so I started. I was like three o'clock in the morning, we were both dead tired and I'm walking him downstairs. And right when I get downstairs, I just started swinging him back going, a wee away, a wee away, a wee away. And then like this baby's like five days old. He's like, I just, I just started humming it and I watch him just kind of pass out in my arms. And then like that moment right there, I was just holding him. I was sitting in my kitchen. I was looking down at him and I just started crying. I was just like, oh my God, like this is my son unreal like i can't believe this is happening to me. such a trip like, it like hit me it hit me really late like I, my brain was moving a million miles a minute that, that was the first time i kind of stopped and realized i had a kid i was like how am i gonna pay for this this guy better not be a serial killer i swear <laughs> to god if i did I've miscounted his toes i'm gonna be pissed oh my god i just remembered i don't have any fucking health insurance oh shit it was the last time this place got fumigated oh my god i'm running out of food i was like i Everything was going through my head. And then that one moment, I like put my phone up. I put my timer on. I took a picture of it. And I look at that picture often because like that was a moment that I remember. And I remember I had to like, I have to like document this somehow. But yeah, that was it. Dope. Uh, yeah, but yeah. My, mine was right when I held her. Well, good, like, lucky, oh. lucky you, Mitch. Good job. Great. Yeah, well, but now, but now I'm like more on the primal part. Nice. So I have to like now it's like, well, I'll always I'm, you know, I still have the same love, but now I'm more on the <laughs> eyes wide. Like, oh god, am I gonna have to kill a motherfucker? All right, that's well, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> we're 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 running we're running out of time right now. I'm gonna get back to you guys. I want to start talking to you guys out of this, but yeah, uh, we're gonna be right back with Papa's pulpit. This is Papa Don't Preach. Oh, Mitchie, you look so sad. I got a funny story <laughs> when we go on break. <laughs> break and this is our last segment before we sign off today it's a segment we call papa's pulpit this is where we rant about things that are irking us making us angry or things we think that you just need to know so first up to the pulpit mitchy 
Mitchie Candy. <laughs> hey, it's me, Candy. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what, what, what I got to say has been bothering me as of late. Um, so Amanda and I, we, we, had, we had gotten rid of uh, cable television uh, for a while. We just brought it back into the house uh, just, you know, during COVID, trying to do more things with Sailor. And, but continuing watching news and seeing how biased it is on both sides, and it just gets real real frustrating and annoying to see how news outlets are always pushing an agenda, regardless left, right. When we're talking about the same issue to where majority of us know that there's a problem and one side, not actually admitting to the problem, always trying to find something positive to say about the negative is it's, it's just getting old. Um, when you're supposed to us as the people and as a nation, just be honest with us, man. I'm so sick and tired of the the lies and the BS that come across, and too many people buy into the BS, and it's it's just that shit gets me. It's, it irks me, man. It, it it really does. It really, really does. Especially the people that believe the bullshit. So that that's what it is right now. Uh, I agree with you, man. Mm-hmm. It really, really sucks. There's a there's like this ridiculous like there's like this hold that cable news companies have now to either be super one way or be as neutral to a fault. You're supposed to report the news. If somebody says it's raining outside and another person says it's not raining outside, you're not supposed to say, Oh, well, Mike thinks it's raining and Charles thinks it's raining. You're supposed to go outside and fucking check if it's raining and report it. Like, right. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to be. And hit them back. It's a, I, I see that too often now and it's just so infuriating where, you, you know, you don't need a journalism degree to, to counter some of these, to counter some of these statements. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Especially when shit's recorded. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> I didn't say that. Mother, yes, you did. Roll the tape. <laughs> like, Roll what? The tape. And then you watch the tape and you still deny it. Like, that's impressive. But uh, yeah, that, that that gets me going. And the pulp, the Papa's pulpit, Jesus Christ, I was in a good mood for 50 minutes. And now I'm fucking upset again. My, my fir- favorite part of the week <laughs> is pushing you in a pulpit and getting y'all spiced up. Like, do I want to flip over my desk now? Fuck that. <laughs> next <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you mitch for sharing zan step up to the pulpit what's irking you so much god damn it i don't have a <laughs> i don't have a specific thing i feel like if i if i try to bring something to my mind i'll just start word vomiting and then get tongue-tied it's kind of like what happened with, about social media um uh, yeah there's just there's just a lot i've been feeling a little i guess overwhelmed with uh I guess everything that's bugging me. I think I need to make sure I take time for myself daily to decompress, like what you were talking about earlier, Mitch. Um, I think that will help me. I think that will help a lot of people. Uh, I had to say, okay, a positive thing. Uh, I am happy that people are uh, looking to do the work to take care of their mental health, especially in these times. Um, I hope it continues. Um, I hope Tanya stops opening and closing the fridge as we do this right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> happens when you got to work from home. That's what happens when you got to work from home. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's a lot, man. Uh, fortunately, we're you know we're we're doing pretty okay during this time. When people ask how I'm doing, I say you know it could be worse, could be better. Um, but I guess this week it's just been 
I've been letting the mind run on what's been bothering me. And it's a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully next week I'll have, I'll have one thing to, to rant on about, but, um, yeah, that's, you know, there's a lot going on. We all better get, get out and vote, man. <laughs> trust me, trust me, trust me, Zan. Relax, D-Diddy. <laughs> I worked on a show with him. That was interesting. Oh, Rock did you do vote. A, oh, no. Oh, did we do a singing show? Is that what we did? We did a singing show. Yeah, you don't even know what it was. What is this? <laughs> he, know, he knows. He knows. Yeah, He's being know. an asshole. Um, all right. Well, I guess, you know, what's bothering <laughs> me. Home, Papa. What, what's bothering me is actually something that you both brought uh, brought in. Um, last week, we were talking about the post office, and I think I fixed the issue here. Um, both, I'm glad I'm talking to both of you because I've actually worked on similar shows with you, some of the exact same shows as you guys. And you guys traveled all around America for these shows. Like Right now, do you guys remember how many things you had either confiscated at the airport or taken at security? Like, I don't know how we haven't figured this out. Put a goddamn postal service booth right at the other side of security. Just have one. Like if I'm traveling, if I'm coming off set and I have my Leatherman on me or I have my knife on me, or if I have my hydro flask and it's full of water, I, I can't take all my gear, run back outside, sit in line again and just pour that out. There should just be a little booth right there. 10 bucks to send it in state, 30 bucks for something oversized, 10 bucks, 20 bucks for out of state, 50 bucks for oversized. Like TSA is fuck that agent. They're right there. He's like, mm, yes, thank you very much for fucking up. You, this is mine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, where does that stuff go? Like, it's just, it, I know they can't just throw all that stuff away, but like, I should be able to have something that I paid for that I made a mistake and left in my bag or I didn't know was allowed to be taken, whether it's some type of food I was bringing or some type of tool that I have. Like, that's something that you're taking away from me. It's not keeping anybody on the plane fucking safe. Like, Give me the opportunity to send it home. Like, oh, you can go check your bag. Oh, so I got to go downstairs. I got to stand in line. I got to check this bag, take out my laptop so it doesn't get smashed, and then run back up, sit in security again, and barely make my flight. Get the fuck out of here. There has to be an easy way. At LAX? At LAX? Nope, nope, nope. I do. I really I love that idea. That's a genius idea, man. Hey, that's a, that's a smart idea. That's a smart idea, Obi. <laughs> This is like something, it's something fucking easy, man. Like it's something that's been bothering me for years. I'm seeing all these people standing there and security sections are huge. Stick a couple boxes in the fucking corner, have them fucking postmarked. Even if you want to privatize, have UPS stand over there, have FedEx stand over there. Like it's no big deal. Like if I can understand if Burbank doesn't have one, cause it's not like the biggest thing in the world to come out of Burbank and come right back in. I can understand if, you know, the West Virginia airport, you have to walk back in. It's like literally a little circle. But have you ever tried to go back out of security at JFK or at uh, uh, fucking LaGuardia or down in Florida or even uh, uh, O'Hare in Chicago, LAX? Like it's it's maddening that they, these things aren't fixed easily. Like, it makes me so angry. Not only are you pumping more money into a business that is failing. Not only are you giving more jobs when people need jobs, not only are you helping travelers into each other, but you're actually doing something smart. It doesn't make any damn sense. 
It's ridiculous. We're supposed to be the number one power in the world. We're supposed to be the number one country. What the fuck? Oh, I can't anyway, that's a good rant, man. I digress. Dude, I'm like just thinking good. about like, like <laughs> when we were tra- when we were traveling for work. I don't know how many knives, like nice, expensive pocket knives that I had that I left in my fucking carry on and didn't put it in check in that. Tell me who has that knife. Cause these, I mean, these were expensive, like solid fucking work knives. And the fact that I couldn't do anything with it, it was exactly like you said, like it, one, where, where do they go Two, all I had to do was turn around behind me and it's like, okay, well f- I have time to go sprint and go put it in a car or wherever it may be. Can I come right back up to the line? No, you got to wait in this bitch again. So you're just here, take it. I know you're taking this. I know you're fucking taking this. There's no way that that goes to a lost and found and sits. Hell no. Hell no. There's, there's Hell no. so many ways they could make this easier and they choose not to. Like you can get, you can even have somebody escort you down. So, so they can see you're not doing, trying any fuzzy business. They can have a whole separate line for it. Probably get through without being caught. I mean, the TSA does not have a great record. So maybe. Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh I, so Zan, I must I must have to remind oh, you yeah, that I am an African American, six foot, uh, six dreadlock foot? Rasta uh, that walks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, uh, you just you know what? <laughs> so we're gonna end that there. We're gonna have to talk to Zan a little bit about pers- personal respect and you know helping out our homie. But thank you so much for listening. I love this you. is Papa's Pulpit. A big shout out to DNA who does our music. A big shout out to uh, Sam who does our producing a big shout out to Zan and Mitch. Thank you guys. Thank you. One more shout out with me today. Big shout out to the post office. Week. Uh, what? <laughs> Come on, baby. A big shout out to you. the post office. Big shout out to the post office. Uh, so yeah, this is Papa Don't Preach. Come join us next week and we out. Thank you That's very much. Uh, Fucking Zan. I'm six foot, you son of a bitch. <laughs> hey man. I, God I, damn it. I, 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 oh, just cause you're six Dude, I, well, how much do you weigh, Zan? Hey, hey, you know he's 75.